Welcome to Anchor Point, where we believe that the next 30 minutes could change your life forever. So join us to consider the greatest message ever heard, the good news of the gospel, as well as sound scriptural teaching for believers, all based on the Word of God, the anchor for our souls. In our message today, evangelist Marvin Dirksen is going to take us to the subject of the death of Christ. And he's going to begin with Acts chapter 5 and verse 27, where Peter and the other apostles had been freed from the prison in Jerusalem by an angel. The apostles, these gospel preachers, when they had brought them, they set them before the council. And the high priest asked them, saying, did not we straightly command you that ye should not teach in this name? And behold, ye have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine and intend to bring this man's blood upon us. I'd like to speak from Acts chapter 5 tonight with regard to three, three words. The council had brought these men before them and they were infuriated by what was taking place. These men were witnesses of the sufferings and the death and the burial and the resurrection of one man, his name is the Lord Jesus. And they were preaching and declaring what had happened. And so these council members, these religious individuals were very, very upset. They said, you have filled the city with your doctrine and you're intending to bring this man's blood upon us. I'd like to speak of those three words, this man's blood. Those three words bring before us the fact that that is the stirring theme of the Bible. Apart from the precious blood of Christ, his death, his burial, his resurrection, his work, we'd have no message, no message to preach. And yet the blood of Christ has stirred many a soul. It's the stirring theme of the Bible. We find secondly in Revelation 1 and Revelation 5 that this man's blood is the song of heaven. But this new song which we have begun to sing now will be the theme for the endless ages of eternity. Thou hast redeemed us unto God from our sins by thy blood. And this man's blood is the very song of heaven. We have read in Hebrews chapter 10. This man's blood indicates sobering condemnation, fearful judgment for any individual that despises the precious blood of Christ. It's interesting that many individuals that have lived in this world that are well known to us are marked by some of the circumstances and by some of their accomplishments. If I were to ask you tonight, and I won't do it audibly, but if I were to ask you tonight, what individual would you think of when you think of a man or a woman with with outstanding words, a great orator. Who would you think of? One of the individuals that comes to mind would be Winston Churchill, that prime minister of Great Britain that stood in an hour of crisis. The battle, the, the war was going against them. And that man stood with absolute conviction, with his gravelly voice, and he assured the country, we will never, never, never give up. 
And by the strength of his words, he rallied a nation. That man was marked by courage and by the courage of words. If I were to ask you about feats and accomplishments, of course, the sky's the limit. Some of the older folk might remember Charles Lindbergh, the man who navigated the Atlantic in that little airplane. Some of us more recent folk here would remember Neil Armstrong, the first man to put his foot on the moon. An outstanding accomplishment. If I were to mention the word scandal, who would come to mind first? Sad to say, presidents of the United States have been marked by scandal. If I were to say intelligence, you might say Albert Einstein. You might say Stephen Hawking. If I were to say sports excellence, all kinds of names come to mind. If I were to say money, you'd say Donald Trump, Bill Gates, Warren Buffett. If I were to say blood tonight, who'd you say? Who'd come to mind? It's interesting that the greatest person that ever walked the roads of this world is linked by blood. The blood of the Lamb is the stirring theme of this book. And tonight I can tell this audience, and I'm so thankful to be able to do that, that what was required by a holy God concerning our sin was paid in full at Calvary by the precious blood of Christ. And that payment tonight stands with its eternal value. And there's many in this audience, and we are depending and resting and appreciating that payment. The price of blood, the precious blood of Christ, has met our need. I find it interesting that the very first mention of blood is, of course, in Genesis chapter 4. A murder has taken place, a very, very tragic death. Cain has risen up against his brother. And as God moves upon that scene, he said, Cain, where, where is your brother? And then he says, thy brother's blood crieth unto me from the ground. And the very first mention of blood concerns the actions of a life taker, a murderer. First mention. Interestingly, the last mention of blood in the Bible is in Revelation chapter 19. It describes a coming future event when the Lord Jesus will descend from heaven as the mighty conqueror. And it says he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. And the conquering king, the very one who will one day step from heaven, king of kings and lord of lords, will be marked forever by the agonies and the sufferings of a life giver. We'd like to tell you tonight about that life giver, about the one who came, into this world to pay a debt he did not owe. The price was the price of his own life. The price was his own precious blood. What does that signify tonight? This man's blood, first of all, signifies that it was a, a violent death, a violent death. There was nothing, nothing, humanly speaking, beautiful about Calvary. If we were to have stood there that day, we would have seen the violence that was heaped upon one man. It was a, a violent death. In this world of ours, in this day of ours, there really are a number of ways to die. Many times people die of natural causes. Sometimes they die with regard to an accident, unexpectedly, very, very tragically. Sad to say in this world tonight, there are people in there dying violent deaths. 
Tonight, I'd like to focus for you by the help of God that when we come to Calvary, this man's blood indicates a violent death. Do you know tonight that there was one who actually came from heaven as the peace bringer, the prince of peace? And yet when he came, he was violently slain. There was a moment when he was arrested in the garden and men led him very, very violently down the road to a judgment hall. There were individuals that stepped up alongside of him and slapped him in the face just for speaking truth. There were those and they blindfolded him and again began to slap him, taunting him, saying, who just hit you? Tell us. And they mocked him. Later, there were soldiers that said, he's a king. He claimed to be a king. Let's make him a crown. So they went and got some thorns and they put together a, a crown, a crown of thorns. And they beat it into his brow. There were those that invaded personal space and they actually spit upon him. One of the most despicable things a human being could do to another human being. And there in the judgment hall, they actually spat upon the very son of God, the mighty creator. There were those that came alongside and pulled his beard from his cheeks. And then the governor ordered to have him scourged. And so he was brought to a, a scourging post. And a soldier trained in that, in that method of, of torture brought the lash down across his back. Bits of barbed bone and whatever raked his back. There were furrows of blood coursing down his back. And if that wasn't enough, they ultimately led him to a, a place called Skull Hill. And with no mercy and with no regard for who he was, they pierced his hands and his feet. And that cross was lifted up and dropped into the socket. And they began to stand there and mock him. This man's blood indicates it was a violent death. And tonight in this audience, we need to understand that we're responsible for that death. Before we can appreciate that Calvary was a work done for us, we must acknowledge that Calvary is a work that has been done by us. Because you see, he is hated and still hated without a cause tonight. It was a violent death. But this man's blood not only signifies a violent death, this man's blood reveals the extent of man's hatred, of man's rejection. You know, when I read of, of this lovely person, of this wonderful visitation, I understand he came to seek and to save that which is lost. And tonight he came to seek and to save you. He wants to give you life. He wants to bless your life. And so when he came, he came as a, as a seeking shepherd. The Bible says he came, or he himself said, I am come that they might have life. They might have it more abundantly. So God wants to give you everlasting life. And the Savior came. And everywhere he went, he dispensed blessing. People came and said, would you, would you come to my house? My, my son is sick. Please come to my house. I have a sick servant. Please come to my house. My, my daughter is at the very point of death. And every single request was met by the gracious power and grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. He went and he blessed those people. There was a large crowd, much larger than this, that gathered one day and it was getting on towards supper time and there wasn't much to eat. And so the disciples said, send them home. Let them go get their own supper. We don't have anything. Well, there is a little, a little lunch here, five loaves and two fishes, but that will never do. The Lord said, just bring it here. 
There upon that hillside, he fed the entire multitude with five loaves and two small fishes. There were those that came to him and they, with the, the guilt of their sins. They stood condemned. And as the Lord Jesus spoke to these broken sinners, these guilty individuals, these people that had no hope, and maybe that's where you are tonight. Maybe you've come to this meeting wondering, could my sins be forgiven? Those that came heard his words, neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. Everywhere he went, there was blessing. Everywhere that he went, there was acceptance. He had outstretched arms, and he could say, Come unto me, all ye that labor are heavy laden. I'll give you rest. Despite all the blessings and the grace and the kindness and the mercy that he showed, the Bible says he was hated without a cause. We have sung of a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief. And tonight, perhaps I'm speaking to individuals here, and you have never, never thought much about him. He means nothing to you tonight. In fact, the language of your heart is simply this. I'm not interested in him. I don't want Jesus Christ as my Savior. Calvary, this man's blood, reveals the extent of man's hatred. But there's one more thing I see in this. This man's blood is linked with accountability and guilt. There was a moment when he was standing before his own people. Pilate was there, and they said, we want this man to be crucified. Away with him. We don't want him. And Pilate said, why? He hasn't done any evil. There's no reason why he should be crucified. And that nation and those rulers finally said, his blood be on us and on our children. But we want him out of here. And so Pilate signed the decree, and he was led to Skull Hill, and there crucified. And it was there he died. And you know, the world thought, that's the end of Jesus. That's the end of this man that is stirring up so many people. But tonight, I want to tell you, that is not the end of the story. No, no. One Easter Sunday morning, there was a mighty, mighty event that took place. What happened? There were men that came and women that came, and they looked into a grave, into a tomb, and it was, it was empty. Empty. What had happened? Up from the grave he arose with a mighty triumph over his foes. And tonight, this man's blood, the one of whom this phrase is really speaking, is alive. He ascended back to heaven. He's the living Christ. He's the living Savior. And he's able to meet your need. But I trust you understand that because he lives, every single individual is one day going to stand before him. I'm so glad I know him as my Savior. I have nothing to fear. In fact, I look forward to, to seeing him, the one that I love, the one that I appreciate. His blood be on us and upon our children. We are accountable for this man's blood. But you know, tonight, this man's blood is the song of heaven. And you know what thrills me is to be able to sing of the precious, precious blood of Jesus, of a Savior who took my place, bearing shame and scoffing rude, in my place condemned he stood, sealed my pardon, with his blood. Hallelujah. What a savior. That is the theme. That is a song that has already begun. That will be our endless song for all eternity. Why, why do we sing about this man's blood? Because you see tonight, friend, this man's blood has set us free. The Bible says it's redemption. Mr. A.J. Gordon was a gospel preacher. I think it was the early part of the 1900s when he was preaching in Boston, Massachusetts. And one day he was walking down the street and he happened to meet a, just a little, just a little fella. And he could just tell by the boy's clothing that he was very poor. He grew up on the other side of the tracks. 
shirt torn, pants torn and dirty. But the little fella had a, had a birdcage, holding a rusty old birdcage. So Dr. Gordon spoke to the little fella. He says, uh, say, Sonny, what do, you, what do you got in the cage? The little fella said, he says, I got a, got a couple sparrows. And so Dr. Gordon, A.J. Gordon says, what, what are you going to do with the sparrows? Oh, he says, I'm going to have some fun with them. And then he says, what are you going to do after that? He says, I think I'm going to take them home and feed them to the cat. And as A.J. Gordon heard that, he said, you know, that's, I've got to do something about those birds. He says, say, Sonny, how much do you want for those birds? The little fella looked at this stranger and he says, sir, the, these birds ain't worth much. Oh, he says, how much do you want for these birds? The little fella thought, my, here's my chance. He says, two bucks, two bucks. He's the deal. And that preacher of the gospel took out two bucks, two dollars, that's a toonie. Gave the little boy and he took the birdcage and away the little boy went. You know, as that man watched the little boy go around the corner out of sight, it wasn't very long before that gospel preacher just opened up the cage and allowed those birds to fly free. Could I tell you that that's one of the great things that took place at Calvary? We were captives. We were captives in our sin. We were controlled by an enemy, a strong enemy. We couldn't get out of the bondage and the guilt and the burden of our sin. And there was a man who came from heaven, and he says, I'm willing to pay the price. It wasn't two bucks. It was the precious blood of Christ that was required. And there upon that cross, this man's blood was shed, that sinners might be loosed, might be freed, might be released to enjoy the rich blessings of God in life and for all eternity. Could I tell you tonight that that's exactly what happened two years ago? A bit younger then than I, was, than I am now, but just the other day I drove past the house where it really happened. I looked up at the little upstairs window of that boarding house. So that's where it happened. That's where I was set free from my sins by the precious blood of Christ. How do I know that? First Peter chapter 1 tells us, we're not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold, but with the precious blood of Christ. And tonight you could leave this meeting released, free from the burden of your sin, nothing to fear, to enjoy everlasting life. But you know, there's something more about this. It cleanses. It makes a person clean from all of their sin. Wouldn't you love to be able to go through life knowing that my record has been clear? That I have got nothing to fear as far as meeting God is concerned? We're having meetings of into that meeting came a, a young Vietnamese mother. And you know, as we watched her trying to comprehend the message, I, I just said to my wife, who was there at the time, I said, let's go visit. So we went to her little townhouse. I said, you've been listening so well. Do you understand what, what we're saying? And she said, yes, I do. But she says, I, I have a problem. I said, a problem? What's the problem? She says, I have, I have more sins than anybody else. I said, I've got some good news for you. Some good news. And I turned to 1 John chapter 1, verse 7, and I was able to read these words, the blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, cleanses us from all sin. You could leave this meeting with every sin that you have ever committed cleansed. And you could leave this meeting with the absolute assurance that every sin that you will commit is under the precious blood of Christ because the blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, cleanses from all sin. This song of heaven, this man's blood has brought peace into view. 
It has brought peace as a reality to many a soul. He made peace by the blood of his cross. What a price was paid. Trust you understand it wasn't a truce. Truce is just when bullets stop flying. But that's not peace. The problem was resolved. Resolved according to God's entire satisfaction. And all that God required was paid in full by the precious blood of Christ. And he has made peace. Being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And tonight there's individuals and we have enjoyed peace with God. One of the tremendous blessings of going through life is having that settled peace. I'm not suggesting that knowing Christ as Savior is an easy pathway. It's not a bed of roses, but it's a pathway. It's a reality of absolute peace. Nothing to fear. All has been accomplished by this man's blood. This man's blood is the song of many a saint. It preserves us. In fact, the God of heaven could say, when I see the blood, I will pass over you. Nothing to fear, no judgment coming, because it all fell upon him. This man's blood is the song of heaven and the song of the redeemed. But I close because this man's blood is a very, very sobering thing. Sobering condemnation is linked with those that refuse this man's blood. I was visiting in the ward. After visiting with one of the believers there, I began to look around, and there was a fellow right alongside of him. He'd been listening to our conversation, and so we immediately started to talk to him. A very interesting chap. We got talking about the Bible. He said, you know, sir, just a, a short time ago, the, the hospital called me. There was an emergency. They looked through their blood bank because a woman had lost a great deal of blood, and that specific blood type that was required to meet the emergency was non-existent there. They'd run out. And so they scanned their files and they realized, called me up. And he says, I went up to the hospital and I gave, because it was a very, very serious emergency. And he said, I went home. And the next day I said, uh, how's the woman doing who, who was so seriously ill that I gave blood for last night? And there was a pause. And the nurse said, well, I have to tell you, she wouldn't take it. She refused it. Wouldn't take my blood, he said. It would have made the difference. Yes, they said, it would have. But she refused to take it. She died. She died. Could I just try to focus for you that what is in view tonight has eternal consequences? You have a tremendous problem with regard to eternity. It's the problem of your sin. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But God in his wondrous grace and mercy has drawn alongside of us. He sent his son. And the Lord Jesus Christ came to meet our great problem, to meet our great need. And the price was this man's blood. He willingly shed his blood. The Bible says he poured out his soul unto death. He gave the ultimate sacrifice. He laid down his life for sinners. And yet tonight, individuals are making a choice as to what they'll do with this man's blood. Hebrews chapter 10 tells us of individuals that said, no value. We don't, we don't want it. We're not going to trust that blood. We're not going to accept that sacrifice. We won't receive Christ and to refuse the blood of Christ and the sacrifice of Calvary will bring you into the eternal judgment of God forever. There is a remedy tonight. There is precious blood that's been shed. The work of the Lord Jesus, his blessed personal work, has been accomplished to meet your need. You could leave saved, cleansed, justified with peace. Well, what is your answer going to be? Have you accepted the sacrifice of the Lord Jesus, 
His death upon the cross as payment for your sin? These are important questions that each of us must ask ourselves. You can receive him today, and you can simply receive him by faith. How wonderful it would be to know the Lord Jesus as your personal Savior. If this or any of our Bible messages here at Anchor Point has made you aware of God's interest in you, or if you'd like some literature or a visit that would help you to understand these important truths, why don't you drop us a line at email at anchorpointradio.com. We'd love to hear from you. We're glad that you were able to join us at Anchor Point today. Anchor Point is sponsored by Christians who are meeting in various gospel halls. Each of these Christian assemblies holds gospel services as well as regular prayer and Bible studies throughout the week. No collection is ever taken, and a very warm welcome awaits you. And if you've been challenged by today's message, would like to know more about the truth of the gospel, or of gathering under the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, following New Testament principles, please feel free to check out our website at anchorpointradio.com. There you will find more information, as well as the location, programs, and meeting schedules for the Gospel Hall nearest you. My name is John Sharp, and thank you once again for listening. And we invite you to join us again next week at the same time for Anchor Point, where we believe that in times like these, you need a Savior. And in times like these, you need an anchor.